Philadelphia, are you ready? This is Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast, your first stop for everything professional wrestling. So sit back and enjoy wrestling talk at its finest with your hosts, Larry Hall and Joe Corrado. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Brotherly Love Wrestling. And on today's show, we have yet another tag team. And also from the Camp Leapfrog family, we have Tyrant, Werewolf Creed, and Grey Wolf Raventhorne. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you for well, having thank us. Thank you for privilege. having us. So, Larry was kind enough to mention Camp Leapfrog. And yes. Yes. What we usually do is we ask you to describe your kind of feelings on it and how your experience has been and has it been kind of like an atmosphere that you're used to or is it an atmosphere that's new to you? I'll let uh, Creed begin just so we're not jumping on top of each other uh, speaking. So sort of like, I guess, take turns as it will. Well, well, thank you, brother. Well, the way that we first started at Camp Leapfrog was actually conveniently enough, we were summoned by, of all people, Killian McMurphy and his goons. Now, granted, a bunch of other monsters were summoned with us, but we're the ones that are the ones that decided to stick around for as long as we decide to be, as long as we decide to stick around for. Right now, we have been doing Facebook live streams for Camp Leapfrog, which are uh, stressful enough for people like us who have very, shall we say, different and at times rather difficult, depending on how, depending on your sensibilities of what we do. But the first, our first match for Camp Leapfrog was against Pancakes and Crusher. Let's just say it didn't exactly go out well for us. I thought it went well got, enough. Let I them, got, let them got, have the victory. Let, I got pinned let by the a children girl. have the victory. Please, I got pinned by a little girl who is I can't even she say half a strong my size. woman. She don't underestimate her. She's very stairs. I've seen her crush people's hands with her own hand. There's a reason they call her a crusher. I've seen her do many things, you know. The soda can on the head was where I think it started. And the next thing I know, she's crushing people's hands in the ring. I mean, she's she's stronger than you'd anticipate, for her, especially considering her size. Mm, yeah, sure. Yeah, I guess I guess she's strong enough. But I guess she was strong enough to manage to manage to pin me somehow after we spent that whole match dominating them like we usually do. Then the second match comes around, and which actually, ironically, was a a back a back in time sort of back in time sort of themed, not just a match, but a show. It was against actually big game Leroy Green and Saber Dorado. And naturally we ended up winning, which is how we normally do. Isn't that right? Well, victory is always hard to claim now, isn't it? Mm. Well, I wouldn't consider the one to crush cake such a defeat. I mean, it was amusing for what it was. Let's just say, yeah. Watching them leave the ring in some sort of pseudo victory, 
Well, we were still standing strong. They had to be <laughs> carried out by the fellow wrestlers. So I'm not terribly upset about that. You know, maiming mortals being one of our uh, one of our pastimes. One of our pastimes. One of our favorite things to but, do on now. It really is, especially when I get to throw them. But no, yes. in, in all seriousness, working for Camp Leapfrog has been a privilege. Um, I've been in many, many locker rooms over the years. Uh, many different sort of people, many different sorts of promotions. And this one by far um, is one of the most fun, uh, very family oriented atmosphere. Everybody there seems very close. Everybody there seems like family. Uh, how we got involved in it, I, it's beyond my comprehension. I think wasn't there, um, maybe it was something to Killian McMurphy. There was a mistaken invite and we happened to end up in one of our bags. So we came anyway. And we just happened it, to it's my, it's get, my in, get mixed in among the campus. It was, campus very, it was very hazy, actually. It was more like a, more like a smoke. So it was a smoke-filled basement that I came crawling out of, and as usual, you were no, you were just right behind me. We're not that far apart, you and I. Yes, <laughs> but it's a very good experience, though. Um, a lot of fun for anybody who hasn't seen it yet. Be sure to check out Camp Leapfrog. Um, I'm sure in the coming years, even um, this is going to be quite the thing that people are going to be following, and I really see that the following has already increased just by the product they put out because it is a lot of fun. It's something different. Um, than what you conventionally see, you know, even on the independence, yes. it was sort of its own. It's a sort of its own niche, and I equate it to um, more of a television program with wrestling because there's a lot going on and there's a lot of fun storylines and a lot of fun people. Um, so if you haven't seen Camp Leapfrog yet, and, and I know you, you fellows have had um, a few Camp Leapfrog uh, participants on the on your show yourself, so yeah, I'm sure yeah. that's been quite an experience for you. Yes. Yeah, we kind of latched on to Camp Leapfrog, one, because it was local, and two, because they were doing things that we haven't seen before, and it was, we could tell how much fun everyone was having, and it makes you have fun when you can see that the performers, wrestlers are having fun as well. Like, you can tell the energy, and that's a positive energy, so it's easy to latch on to. It's easy yeah. to get hooked. Yes, and I feel like yeah. that translates very well in anything. Whenever an artist or any sort of performer, whatever medium it is, if they're enjoying themselves, um, you tend to follow suit because you naturally, like you said, latch onto that energy. And I think that's mm-hmm. really—it's with Camp Leapfrog, it's genuine. Um, I mean, given there's some stress, especially with the live stream, everything has to be precise and everything has to be almost television ready, as if you were doing a live television performance. Um, so there's that stress uh, going on behind the scenes just to make sure everyone's on time, everyone's on the same page. Um, but regardless of that, um, just the energy that all the interactions with everybody between themselves, um, it's a very good roster. And I feel like we're, we're very lucky to be a part of something like that, especially considering we're a little bit uh, darker, I guess you could say, than um, the rest of the roster. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're the darkest of the roster. <laughs> so how did both of you get summoned to wrestling? How, where, where does one in your stature find how to wrestle? It's not by traditional school, I'm assuming. Is this all outdoors, huntsman mm. wrestling? Some of it is. Unfortunately, what we like to do doesn't exactly coincide with the rules of wrestling. It's more, <laughs> it's more hand-to-hand combat as opposed to him using axes to... Take people. I haven't done that in a long time. I have time. It's been a long time since I've carried an axe to the ring now, Creed. You know that. It's been quite some time. Well, you should. Well, you still should. It's one of your favorite things. It really is. 
Uh, yeah, he had an accident. I have my claws, which usually should be used to take out people's eyes and renders people's flesh, but that's obviously frowned upon. So we had to take it up to to the traditional wrestling experts of the modern time. And for me personally, that would come in the form of Seth Rollins. I was formally trained in the arts of professional wrestling through him and the Black and Brave Wrestling Academy out in Davenport, Iowa, That's it, which is currently being run by not just Seth Rollins, but Merrick Brave, who is the head trainer, and Matt Mayday, who is the assistant trainer. And they have been going strong for about almost seven years now. So they've, in fact, just recently, even though I've never met him, but, but um, Benjamin Carter just got signed to WWE to specifically to the NXT UK brand. So while I would have to pretty much beat him within an inch of his life if I ever see him again, it's knowing that somebody from my school actually made it to that level is pretty exciting. But what about you, Grey Wolf? Well, as you know, and I'm sure they mustn't uh, yet, but I follow um, the sort of time-honored uh, legendary, legendary uh, tradition. Um, I was trained at the world-famous Monster Factory. Um, this is my 15th year in professional wrestling. I was trained um, back when Larry Sharp owned the, the Monster Factory um, before it was taken over by Danny Cage, though I've had the privilege also of working very closely with Danny Cage, became a good, very good personal friend of mine. Um, so, yes, it's going back. Um, and it was it was tremendous. And I wish more people sort of had the experiences that I was lucky enough to have when I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, what we had when we were training was we would train several days a week and Saturday morning we would train and then we would run uh, an event out of the Monster Factory um, every weekend at two, two o'clock every Saturday afternoon we would have. And it was completely old school. It wasn't like you see now. Um, no theatrics, no glamour, no music even. We didn't have entrance music at the time. Um, we mm. had two separate locker rooms and, you know, the good guys came out of one <laughs> locker room, the bad guys came out of the other locker room. And it was mayhem. It was absolute mayhem. You never knew what was going to happen, but it was, it, it toughened you. You know, when, when I was training there, um, this was many years ago, um, there was, it was a, essentially a warehouse building. There was no heat um, in the winter and there was no air conditioning in the summer. Um, only one of the locker rooms had a facility. So when you had to go, you were unfortunate unless you had a bottle, you know, if you were in the wrong uh, locker room. Um, but I remember nights where it would be 15 to 20 degrees in the training facility itself. And we would, uh, you know, open up training with hard bumping in the ring or hard chain wrestling, you know, bump drills where you're bumping eight, nine, 10 times in a row. Um, and you're, you're freezing and the mat is freezing. And just to get your body warmed up, you slam yourself. And it wasn't even a decent ring. It was a, a modified boxing ring we had at the time, a 20 by 20. I believe it was an old um, IWA uh, ring from the 70s or 80s. It was an old ring and it was in a state of tremendous disrepair. Um, it was held together by duct tape and every bump on that thing was like bumping on concrete. It hurt. It was terrible. Um, but this is what we grew up, you know, grew up doing. This is um, myself and some of my peers. And, you know, I came in the class, you know, right before me was um, Luis Martinez is the name you would know, have known him by then. And now you would know him as um, Damien Priest. Um and then there was the Italian Bulldog, who now you would see on AEW as uh, QT Marshall. They were two of the people, I, when I broke in the business, these were two of the people. I had my first real match um, with Damien, who, the person now known as Damien Priest. Um, 
essentially doing a few squash matches um, before that. Um, so that's all the legacy I come from. And of course, now, you know, we have many people signed to many different places. You know, LSG is signed with Ring of Honor. Um, Damian Priest signed, just moved up to the main roster for Monday Night Raw. Um, Matt Riddle is another one from our plate. You know, QT Marshall, Nick Camarado just made his debut, you know, on, on AEW. And the list goes on. I come from a long lineage of uh, people who have made tremendous marks on this business. You know, Bam Bam Bigelow, King Kong Bunny and Tatanka. Uh, the Headbangers, uh, Sheamus, the Big Show, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Um, so I'm very honored to carry that legacy with me, and I'm very proud to say that. I, you know, I was trained originally at the Monster Factory. Uh, later on, um, when I had been working for Ring of Honor a little bit, I was training over at the uh, Ring of Honor Dojo when it was still in uh, Bristol, Pennsylvania, you know, under um, mo mostly the tutelage of uh, Delirious, also working closely with, you know, um, Will Ferrara, a little bit with Rhett Titus, um, Cheeseburger, who everybody knows, Cheeseburger, he took over the Worldwide Dojo now, which I must also mention, um, because when I get a chance to train, usually that's where I go, is to the uh, to the Worldwide Dojo. And Cheeseburger has been kind enough to open his doors to me and let me train and help coach some of the students um, up at the Worldwide Dojo. So when you As somebody who's actually had a class at the Worldwide Dojo, it's actually a really, really good place to train at if you're in that, if you're in that general area. Yeah, we've heard uh, we've had a couple of the the trainees or wrestlers that train there on as well, and it's it's they hold it in high regards. I mean, mm -hmm. Cheeseburger is a class act from what we've hear, and that, yes, yeah, uh, in both inside inside and outside of the ring, uh, I have nothing but good things to say. Since from the moment I met Cheeseburger, he's one of the kindest, uh, most professional, uh, well-rounded wrestlers I think I've ever met. Um, and to be quite honest, he really, I feel, specialized in a Japanese, um, British uh, style. Very, very technically masterful. But he also does a little bit of lucha, um, some catch-as-catch kind of American style. Um, just He's so well-versed in so many different styles of wrestling that he can really coach and teach different sorts of wrestlers, which is, uh, you don't see that a lot with, uh, you don't see that versatility much among uh, wrestling coaches. And I think he's tremendous when it comes to that. Now, we were talking about your humble beginnings and how you were trained and coming up and whatnot. Now, how did that lead to where you are now? When did the dark side and when did the dark overcome you and now you live in that world? When did that happen? Did I not phrase that correctly? <laughs> no, you phrased it as best as you could. For me personally, yeah. it was always there. I mean, it was always there. I genuinely consider myself as a loner i guess the proverbial lone wolf if you will even though that even though that name that moniker has been done to death time and time again but yeah that's pretty much who i am and the truth of the matter is, is that i just do not see myself in a crowd of human beings and finding a place to fit in with them because quite frankly they change so many times and just based on how they're feeling i just feel like humanity itself could just stab you in the back at a moment's notice and it was it was kind of it was getting a little difficult especially in wrestling and on all the horror stories that you hear about that and then one day i think this was about six months after i graduated from the aforementioned black parade wrestling academy I find this nice, adoring gentleman named Grey Wolf. 
It was out in the middle of nowhere, West Virginia. Am yes, I right on that? Right. That's what it was. I yes. remember that very well. <laughs> yes. And actually, if we have time, we do have a story about that day involving uh, Rain of Sky. But for right now, <laughs> uh, yeah, he knows. Actually, that was the day that we first met. And that we, yes, me was. and you, Gray Wolf, was the first day we met. You yes. were having a match against a longtime friend slash rival in sizzling Stan Styles. Exactly, yes. And I remember you were wearing a Power Wolf shirt, and I commented on your Power Wolf uh, shirt. I admire. <laughs> oh man! At least, at least somebody remembers what I was wearing that day because I sure don't. Yep. <laughs> so we ended up, we ended up talking about my recent exploits in the wrestling world. One of them being uh, the Eastern Wrestling Alliance in Parkville, Maryland, which is Baltimore. They just had they just relaunched and had their Sweet Sixteen tournament, uh, which is a promotion that you gray wolf have history with and i've held the title there yes much yeah, history well, I, I had good times working with them yeah well i'm currently right now working on getting there myself but yeah we ended up talking um a couple more meetings here and there actually the next very next meeting was a seminar i think it was either for i think it was for outbreak mm. and i think that's what it was and we were just talking even more about like different styles, different ways to work, different ways to build upon your personality. And that's kind of just where it all started for me. And like trying to figure out what exactly it was that would just like bring this, I don't know, this, this darkness, this twisted side of me that delights in people just not, and just people just not, wanting to be near me and just taking pretty much whatever i want and doing what i want and i and gray wolf knows that yes. better than anybody for me it's um people have always asked me one of the main questions oh i love your gimmick you know that's such a good gimmick you know and <laughs> anybody who anybody who knows me um closely realizes that everything i do is an extension of who i am you know, there's people think I'm a Viking gimmick. I have swords all over my walls. I have too many. I have too many swords and not enough space. Um, this is just. I'm going to be building a catapult. This is just something I have armor all over the place. This is just something I do. This is who I've been. You know, before I've even entered wrestling. Very proud of who I am, um, and it just extends into what I do in the ring. Um, and I've always, you know, for years and years, I've always been. I guess you could say the the hero, um, the one people would look up to. Um, I was trying to do the right thing, the right thing for good. Uh, and as I had said, everything I do is an extension of who I am, a part of me. Now, in order to understand, you say the darkness, it's, you have to go through the deepest, darkest, horrible, festering pits of absolute despair to understand, to even begin to comprehend where I'm coming from. The things I've had to endure would kill most people. And Creed was by my side, watching me endure these things over and over and over. Yeah. There's some things I don't like to talk about. This darkness isn't a character. I embraced where I was and it became part of who I am. And in that extension, I bring that forth into what I do in the ring. 
People talk about kayfabe and character. Creed has been alongside me the entire time. People don't become this way for no reason. People who have tread the utmost darkest layers of the deepest darkest pits of the deepest darkest hell become this way. Now I can still I can still smile here and there, especially in the company of my brother who brings me much delight, much joy in his companionship. At least I try. So what, but to say what's brought me to this darkness, I hope with every fiber of any goodness that may be left in my dismal black, a empty void of a heart, that you never, ever have to endure it yourself just just watching what he went through and seeing just the people that left just left him pretty much re reaffirmed that we just need just need that handful of people and i know I'm among those with you. I know that I will always be by your side as you will be by mine. And just being around him and listening to him, to his stories and what he knows about, about not just wrestling, but the world, the world that we are stuck in, that we're living in, made me, made me realize that I'm not, this is not a this is not a partnership that is just going to break up when it's inconvenient for either one of us. No, this this is uh, this is the literally the embodiment of brotherhood. Whether anyone likes it or not, whether they like it or not, whether they like what we do or not, we are brothers. We are family. We will always look out for each other, and we will do whatever the hell we want to do to people regardless of where we're at and they're going to feel exactly how we feel what we've gone through and what we're going to do to the entire wrestling business if you believe in god pray to that god pray for the mercy that that god will bring you because we will show you none so a bond that can't be unbroken or broken just got no. broken where does that lead you now you say the whole wrestling world and that will happen eventually but where is the where are the sights being set because are you playing a slow game or are you picking targets for right now um covid has made things very difficult with with anything mm-hmm. um I had some very specific goals in mind right before COVID hit. I was, I was personally training very hard and there are certain objectives that I was working to accomplish. And that's what I do. I set small goals and I work to accomplish them. Um, as of right now, we're sort of just doing what we do, solidifying um, what we do. Camp Frog has been terrific. Um, and when more things start opening up, we're going to explore more options um, as far as taking over wherever we go. I mean, we've, are definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with with whomever we sign with or whoever brings us in. To, um, we just wish to rain terror upon whoever stands in our path. 
Um, as far as specifics, as I said, it's it's difficult because so many promotions that were running before aren't running now. Or well, they're running yes. very sparsely, or they don't have crowds. Um, ultimately, who knows? Who knows where we might end up? Um, but the one thing is we can promise that whoever stands before us will be systematically eliminated. <laughs> I'm starting to think maybe we, for, for our next match that we're in, maybe we should just have ourselves a friendly competition between us, as in who can toss the mortal the farthest? <laughs> who can throw the mortal the farthest? I like it. I like mortal it. Mortal tossing, if you will. Who are you picking as your your uh, your mortal to toss? Who are you each picking? Well, I think it doesn't necessarily the, have to be anyone. I think in the name it's of just whoever stands in front of us. I think in um, the name of fairness, though, we have to we each have to toss the same person. Oh, okay. That is very good. That's a good sportsman right there. <laughs> Yes, I mean, there's no cheating, you know, some people are heavier than others, and some people are more difficult to throw, you know, different body masses. So, but that doesn't mean we only have to use one person, though. What we can do is we can each toss the same person once, and then we'll pick another person. And then once we've tossed the first person, we've tossed the second person, and we maybe pick a third and a fourth and a fifth and a sixth and seventh. And I think you know where this is going, and along and along. And then you'll hear things, you know, that, that no, don't do it. And then, ah, and then you'll hear them crash, and then you'll hear screams of agony and wailing, and no, don't do it to me. And then we'll do it anyway, and it'll be tons of fun. Then we'll give out awards and have contests, and we'll have a great feast afterwards. And it'll be tremendous and do, fun and for everyone. And we can do it in multiple different ways, too. Because one thing that wrestling has taught us is that there are many different ways to toss mortals. Yes. <laughs> and many places which we can toss them. Mm. Preferably in the wrestling ring, so that way everyone can see our power. Yeah, I, sure. You know, I'm up for throwing them anywhere at any time. It, so, it sure. sounds like a good camp game. I'm just going to go out and say. I mean, it sounds like a game that you would play in your version of a camp. Mm. Mm. Do you mm. think we should take, off le or take over Leapfrog? And maybe implement this as one of our games. Well, I think the takeover of Lee Frog was going to be a, uh, shall we say, a long-term goal. But... Maybe we shouldn't be speaking about this publicly. Well, <laughs> I mean, for us, it's kind of it's kind of written on the wall. The right. Yeah, so there's no need to go. Yeah, you know, we've had this discussion before. We don't go telling them our plans before we go and do them. We we made that mistake before, and it didn't work out well. No, yeah, whatever. Uh, don't whatever, you know, it's true. Persistence, persistence is the key here, okay? But you also reprimand and reproach me just in the same way I do you for telling people things that they are not re yet ready to hear and we probably shouldn't say because it's part of our plan. Look at us. Do they think, do they look, do we look like we are ready? Or they are ready for us, I should say? Mm. Well, we know they're, they're not, saying. but that doesn't mean you go just closing <clears throat> all of your information to the enemy. Who's the enemy? We're not the enemy. We're not the enemy. We're the messengers. You don't kill the messengers. say you. <laughs> All right, so. Pay attention. We're talking about oh, never mind. others. Just move on. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Paying attention is one of my weak points. <laughs> don't hurt me. Mm -hmm. So okay. I did see a tweet that I believe one of you put out about impact and when everything comes back to normal that you would like to take over impact wrestling was that yes that's a goal of mine and i have put that out publicly that um 
at some point I would like to go to the Impact roster because I feel like I can demolish everyone that they have in the roster. I don't think there's one person who can stand toe-to-toe with an immortal and walk away without some sort of damage. Now, it is for them to hear my voice, and I shall keep yelling, and I shall keep screaming, whether I have to climb the tallest mount to do so, or to do so with a bullhorn right pressed up against their ears. They will hear me. They will know my voice, and they will know my name. Mm-hmm. Just hope for their sake that they know it before it's too late. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they don't need a on notice. Wow. So is there a Your reason entire that roster is on notice? Is there someone that triggered this on the impact roster, or is this just a is this just a shot in the dark? Or was there someone there that, that this was directed to? No, no one in particular, just the roster in general. As I said, I make goals, and when I make goals, I I set my goals and I accomplish them. Mm -hmm. This seemed like a reasonable goal. This seemed like somewhere I might belong. Mm. So I set my sights there, and thus my objective is now to not stop. That with every beat of my heart, with every breath I take, I shall walk forward. I shall crawl, if need be, towards that goal. And I shall not stop. Entire I have accumulated a bodies of fallen wrestlers beneath me, and I have scaled that mountain, and I stand atop it. It's rightful and true, sovereign, master. Impact. Your roster is on notice. Hmm. Did not expect that. The entire Impact roster. So, I do want, we ask a lot of uh, people that we have on our show this question, um, but I don't, if you, you guys have time or not, but as, as wrestlers, do you watch current product? Do you watch all the televised stuff? Do you only watch the indies or do you only watch your stuff? Uh, I, well, watching is a good way of putting it. I watched the product and resist the urge to throw any electronic devices across the freaking aisle every time I see it. Because I look at these tag teams and wonder, how well would they face it fair against us? Hmm? Would they be able to do their, their what, what is it called, their, their 450s? Or what else is there? Their moonsaults or their crossbodies or any of this other... Quite frankly, it looks like do's and twirly gigs. Yes, it looks like one of the minstrels. It looks like one of those little gigs that they, that you would see at one of those. They used to call it the circus, I believe. Those what are they? Those uh, acrobats. Like, I was under the impression that professional wrestling was supposed to be about about oh I don't know slamming people and not looking cool in front of a camera. Well, actually, slamming people could be look cool in front of a camera. You've been doing that for 15 years, haven't you? That I have. Yeah. So we feel, quite frankly, that there's a lack of slamming, a, lot, lack, a lack of pain. And quite frankly, they traded that in for 
tricks and adulation from their fellow humans. Adulation that we quite frankly do not care about. All we care about is conquest and goals and championships and simply being the masters of professional wrestling. Yes, I'll follow that up. Um, personally, I, I can't, it's very difficult for me to watch any sort of product. Um, what I will do is if I have, friends, met, I have many, many friends in the business, I have many, many friends in the business, I'll watch their work um, because I want to support my friends and what they're doing. Um, Yes. So if I see some of the work, maybe uh, as a fan, I haven't watched in many, many years. Um, I, I feel like that's partially um, that happens um, once you've been in the business, I think, for a while. And for it not to happen, it, it's I feel like it's a rarity. It's great when I know that someone who's been in the business as long as I have can really sit back as a fan and appreciate and enjoy um, what they're watching from a fan's perspective. For me, it's, it's very difficult, especially having also coached wrestling it's, it's just very difficult to absorb the material as a fan mm -hmm. so what i do is i i do tape study when i do tape study it's usually much older material um you know things from you know several years ago um that i like to tape study but i try to keep abreast on what's going on just so i know sort of what's happening with the business um in which direction it's going who's doing what and where uh, and sort of what the trends are, just so I keep in the know about what's going on. But as far as sitting and watching a program, you know, as a fan to enjoy it, um, it's that's really difficult for me, and I can't really bring myself to do it. Um, I I tend to pick apart the artwork rather than enjoying and consuming it the way a fan perhaps would. Um, and again, I think this also comes from um, having coached people for years and critiqued matches, and so I'm nitpicking the you know discrepancies within the craft instead of enjoying the content as a whole uh, so it's very challenging mm. for me. i also feel like the business has taken a turn something that i don't really recognize as much as i used to from what i fell in love with um from the business and i like to use this analogy that um you know somebody can ask you do you like music and you know your answer could be yes i love music and then they say you know well i listen to this album it's like oh I don't like that because it's not a genre I appreciate. It's not something I enjoy that I can internalize and I connect with. Um, and I feel like there's so many different genres within wrestling now, uh, so many different styles, so many different um, presentations that you can't just ask, oh, do you enjoy wrestling or do you enjoy the product? Because there's so many things. There's some things I do enjoy. There's some things I don't enjoy at all. Um, but when I look back at the older things, that's really what I fell in love with wrestling. And that's what I tend to gravitate towards when I need to do tape study or when I need to figure something out for a match or uh, I need to reflect on something or I need to, I, I want some influence with somebody's impression from this match or another or, you know, something to that effect. So I always go back to the older things because that's what I like. It's like making somebody listen to rap that doesn't like rap, you know, and it's so they love music. Like I'm a music lover, but there's certain genres I can't listen to. Um, so I feel like the, Genres I can't listen to or watch is sort of what's um, manifest and mainstream right now. Uh, but I do much, much enjoy watching my friends work and um, appreciating the efforts that they've put in to get to where they've been. And I like to support them in that way. Absolutely. And to piggyback on that point, I also like watching my friends too when I can. Like I said, I just watched, uh, I just, I just mentioned, I just mentioned Ben Carter, Benjamin Carter earlier. He just, wrestled uh i want to say not not just his second match but his debut match he wrestled with jordan devlin and man just looking 
at at his footwork, at just the way he moves his feet, it, it's it's just amazing, and it's it's clear that they saw something in him, and they and that he he made the right decision to go back home. Ben Carter. I was going to say I forgot to mention Ben Carter is from England. He went back home to the UK, and obviously that was that was the best decision for him. But I, I try to watch a lot of a lot of my friends, but unfortunately I don't have the time to. One of the guys that I do like, I haven't gotten the chance to watch you, but I've heard great things about it, is a guy that I trained with in at Black and Brave in Chase Holiday. He's been doing pretty good for himself as of late, and I haven't had the chance to watch any of his stuff because I've been so busy. But, yeah, a, a, lot, a lot of guys out there that we know are, are, doing, are doing pretty great stuff, and it's hopefully – well, I shouldn't say hopefully we get to face them one day because it won't end well for them, but hopefully they do well in their in their journey in wrestling. Now, you mentioned seeing your friends and whatnot. Does that make you hungrier to get where they are or further? Absolutely. Yes, I mean, it, it, it just it shows us that if they come from the same places that we do, the same places that we trained at and they're at the level that they're at, it makes us wonder why not us. All we have to do is just put in the work and the time and the effort it, and, the work, and that would become a reality. Persistence, persistence, determination, and perseverance. Yes. But absolutely, absolutely makes you hungry. It makes you think, you know, they've done it. And But there is one common thread among all of the people that I've seen that all my friends that have made it is they hustle. They work hard and they don't quit and they don't give up and they don't make excuses. They just put the effort in every one of them that I see. There's a contract it's on television or you know, has made a name for themselves. Uh, it's not there by accident. Um, all of them have put in the work and all of them duly deserve the, uh, the accolades for doing such. And it does, it makes you want to work harder to say, well, they've got there, I've got, you know, I can get there too. And there was a time I was, I was working for Ring of Honor and um, I was training consistently at the dojo and I had succumbed to a almost career ending knee injury, put me out for almost a year, mm. which set into a sequence of events into motion that um, I'm just now being able to recover from. Um, so that really uh, put a damper on things, but I know I've got there before and I can get there again. You know, it's just a matter of putting in the work, putting in the effort, staying humble, staying ready, and being the best you absolutely can be and not stopping until you get there. You know, I'm sure everyone's seen this. It's an illustration of, you know, it's two miners and there's lumps of goals behind the coal they're digging through underground. They're digging this huge tunnel underground, the one on top. You know, he gives up just before he sees that gold. He didn't know it was there. But had he just kept with his axe and had he kept digging and had he kept grinding and had he kept with persevering, he would have laid his hands into riches. And you see the one at the bottom, who, regardless of how far he had to dig, how far he had to tunnel, what he had to go through, what he had to move, you know, how grimy, how dirty he had to get, he kept at it with his axe until that axe, the tip of it, went from black, from striking coal to the smallest peak of gold at which point the gold rushed forth and the only difference between the one at the bottom and the one at the top is perseverance so too shall we persevere mm -hmm. well i think after that this is the 
great place to end this conversation. We would like to thank you again for joining us and telling your story and hopefully the souls will be collected sooner rather than later. <laughs> certainly It's been an absolute privilege. We are honored and we thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you guys. We hope to see you soon on Leapfrog and anything else uh, that you guys want to show up on. Well, now I hope it's Impact. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I assure you, certainly within time, it shall be. Perseverance. Oh, yes. Yes, it will. We look, we look forward to seeing that. Yep. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Gentlemen, it's Thank been you. a pleasure.